Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, February 15th. We're going to try something a little different here on the show today. Zach Lyons is going to be my guest. My name is Braden Gall. Of course, you can follow me on the Twitters at Braden Gall. Zach's going to join us for the entirety of the show. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, the Tennessee Titans, what we learned about the Titans from the Super Bowl, and maybe what the Titans should be doing moving forward. Zach, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Do you care about Peter Laviolette's return on Tuesday evening to Bridgestone Arena? No, I'm not into that kind of sentimental crap. Uh, so, <laughs> like, I I think you should boo them. Like, I, I think you should hate. I, wow. Not necessarily because of that he did anything wrong, but I think you should boo. I don't get the hockey thing where they just cheer for everybody that used to play for the team or used to coach for the team. They're they're the enemy. You can cheer them at home or cheer them somewhere else. Don't cheer them in the stadium. That's I guess that's my big my big thing. Are, are like if Jeff Fisher comes back to and and was coaching another team, didn't do we not cheer the guy who no. took the team to the championship round? That doesn't happen. No. Okay. No. Boo, right. boo, especially boo Jeff Fisher for ruining Vince <laughs> Young and all that kind of crap. So, you know, I, I think Jeff Fisher's a great guy and I appreciate what he did for the Titans. But if you come into the Tennessee Titans in Nashville and you're playing against that team, I am booing you. I don't care. If, I don't care if it was Derrick Henry. I am booing wow. Derrick Henry. I do respect the commitment. That is my favorite part of hanging out with you. We're going to talk a lot of Titans here, of course, on the show. But I, I had to mention, of course, that that the uh, Washington Capitals will be at Bridgestone Arena, 7 p.m. puck drop uh, against the Nashville Predators. It is Peter Laviolette's first trip back to Nashville. And even as surly as he is, I assume he'll have a, a pretty warm welcome from the fans. So, again, make sure you check that out, 7 o'clock. Uh, of course, against uh, the Washington Capitals. Before we get into some of the show, of course, we got to remind everybody that uh, the 440 is brought to you every single morning by this week, Our Kids. Our Kids Soup Sunday event is at Nissan Stadium on Sunday the 20th. It is dozens of the best chefs in Nashville making soups for all of you. There will be limited number of tickets, so they will sell out. So go check it out. Uh, OurKidsCenter.com is the website. That's OurKidsCenter.com. They protect uh, and take care of all sexually abused children in middle Tennessee. I know that's a heavy topic, but go try some great soups and support the kids in the process. That time on the show donated by our great friends at the Kingston group. So go check that out. All right, Zach, number one takeaway from the Super Bowl was what for the Tennessee Titans fans for Tennessee Titans fans. Number one uh, takeaway for the Super Bowl is that you can win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback, because I thought both quarterbacks were, were very meh and below average for most for most of the game. And to be honest with you, Joe Burrow and the Bengals this season just caught lightning in a bottle because they were extremely lucky, right? I mean, you're talking about a team that had basically the most improbable win in the history of the NFL versus the Tennessee Titans. Teams were one and 126 and two (laughs) when allowing nine plus sacks and scoring less than 20 points. They're the only, the second team in NFL history to win a game that way improbable run i mean don't you feel after watching that game and seeing joe burrows pretty much his lackluster playoff games don't you feel that ryan Tannehill can win a super bowl or at least get there so it's funny you say it because like i agree with your point that ryan Tannehill can win a super bowl i disagree with why 
and and it's it, it's it's subtle like obviously also Joe Burrow 18 point comeback like the biggest comeback in playoff history against the Chiefs on the road against the franchise that's won a Super Bowl recently also fairly improbable I would you know to continue yeah. with your theme I I the reason I would agree with you on its face that Ryan Tannehill can win a Super Bowl not to go back to the Joe Flacco comparison but if he plays very well with a great running game and a great defense which we assume the Titans are going to have over the next couple of seasons I think he can absolutely do it it's because I know that they're close to the Bengals. I watched both of those teams on Sunday and I did not see either team that I thought was significantly better than the Titans. When you watch Great. Georgia and Alabama in college football and you're a Tennessee Volunteers fan, you cannot watch that game and be like, oh yeah, we had a chance. Right. Like you have no chance against it's like, it's like Vanderbilt, you know, like Vanderbilt right. has no right. chance against Alabama and Georgia. But could we argue the Titans are a better team than either of those two teams on any given Sunday? A hundred percent. So I my thought was, man, it looks like they're close. It looks like they're really damn close. And that's why I, I have like a positive feeling coming away from that. The problem is I, I do disagree. I think, I think Matthew Stafford, that drive with Cooper Cup, I know there were some penalties. I, I think some of the plays Burrow made on, with seven sacks, a Super Bowl record, seven sacks worth of pressure. And then, you know, Donald getting the late pressure. I don't know if Tannehill can make those specific plays, but I, I mean – he could prove us all wrong and have a great run, especially on a, on a team that I believe is very close to the two teams I watched play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think, I think ultimately the Titans are better than both those teams. I mean, you got to win to be better. I mean, I know that's a big caveat in the NFL, but when you really look at it and look at what the Titans were able to put together as a roster and, and with that coaching staff, they were still able to win 12 games. It did not end like anybody really expected it to end, especially when you're watching Joe Burrow get sacked nine times. Obviously, the Bengals are going to be better next year or be a better constructed team, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything in the grand scheme of things because it, you're only one quarterback succeeds in taking his team to a Super Bowl victory. 31 other quarterbacks are losers. <laughs> like that that's just how it is and yeah, yeah. It, it's it's hard to win a super bowl it does not mean it's impossible but i look at that game yesterday and i will say this if under pressure i don't think Tannehill makes some of the plays that joe burrow does and i think that matt stafford is a is is more talented with his arm strength and accuracy than ryan Tannehill. but you look at what Cooper Cup was able to do that. I mean, there's a reason he was the MVP, right? And he maybe could have been talked about as MVP for the whole league because he's he was amazing and he did what he needed to do, but he does it in so many different ways. He can kill you. He can block and block for like three or four plays, and then all of a sudden he's open because you think he's blocking again. And he can beat you across the middle. He can beat you deep. He can do whatever is asked of him as a wide receiver. I think arguably he's the most complete wide receiver in the league. And I think that when you run the offense through your playmakers and don't give up and do it consistently throughout the game, it's a recipe for success. Whereas with this Titans team, it's a recipe for disaster because they don't do that. Well, and, and you bring up where we're going to go next, which is not only Cooper cup and his ability, but how they use him. Like you said, they'll, they'll motion him into the formation and have him lead blocking on like a linebacker. 
And then they're going to bring him and play. You know, you look at his route tree over the course of the year, and it's just like all across the formation, everywhere, motions this, motions that. I agree with you that he's one of the most complete players in the league. I don't think he's more physically gifted than A.J. Brown. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it brings me to two things. Number one, I think A.J. Brown can do all the things that these number one guys do. When it's Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, like I think A.J. Brown is almost as gifted, if not as gifted as those guys and is totally capable of, of putting up numbers like that. Um, so that's number one. Number two is the usage of Cooper Cup and being creative and how the Rams made adjustments in the second half without Odell Beckham, without Tyler Higby, without a running game. And we'll get to the running game in just a second. But I thought the big, one of the big takeaways for me as a, a looking at the Titans is you've got to force feed A.J. Brown the football. He needs to take over games the way Cooper Cup did on that drive. He did it against San Francisco – for his career, he averages 4.3 receptions per game. That's just – that's. I know the Titans' offense is different, but that is not – when you have a weapon like that, he needs seven or eight receptions a game on average, period. Like Otherwise, I feel like you're almost misusing the, the resource. Yeah, he gets the targets, right? Because you're talking about for the over the 2020 season, he averaged uh, – or 2021, he averaged eight targets a game. In 2019, he averaged 7.5 targets a game in the regular season. You get to those two playoff losses versus Baltimore and Cincinnati, and he exceeds those target averages, right? But listen to how they're divvied up. In the Baltimore game, he got this by quarter. Baltimore game, five targets, one target, two target, two targets. And then in the Cincy game, you go two targets in the first quarter, three in the, in the second, three in the third, and one in the fourth. That is insane and specific. So it's not a Todd Downing thing, right? It's 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 not just an Art Smith thing, right? I mean, you see it with two different coaches, two different games. And it meanwhile, you see that Derrick Henry, he's getting 18 carries in the Baltimore loss for 40 yards and 20 carries in the Cincy loss for 62 yards. This is it's a Mike Vrabel DNA identity of this team problem not necessarily a Ryan Tannehill issue, even though the Cincy game is a Ryan Tannehill issue. That's not an offensive coordinator problem either. Don't, But don't you want A.J. Brown with like 14 targets? Oh, he should be Debo like, Samuel. This should be the Debo Samuel. You should put him at running back. You should find him in jet sweeps. You should be targeting him and not Chester Rogers on these screen passes that they love to throw. I, I, I don't get it. He should be getting – you're right. He should be getting more targets. It just – I, I it's baked into the identity of this team. And this yeah. team has to have for this team to get anywhere in the Super Bowl, the offense, the offensive passing game has to work independently from the success and failures of the run game. They do not need to be tied together. They need to work independently of each other because you saw last night, the Rams won the game and their rushing attack was 1.9 yards per carry. Yeah, you've got – I want to get into Henry in just a second, but you've got to have – it's what we always talk – John Robinson talks about this all the time with pass rushers, and it, Harold Landry can beat you off the edge. Great. Well, now what are you going to do when the tackle is preparing for that? You need another move, and the offense needs another move, and to me it starts with A.J. Brown. I think they need to add complementary pieces so that when you when he does get hurt or whatever or if anything like that happens, you've got another slot receiver you can go to like a Tyler Boyd. They, For God's sakes, they need a tight end. Um, just clearly did not replace John New Smith. I don't think, I, do you think Don, Deontay Foreman is the right answer to back up Henry? So I think there needs to be weapons. I, I'm not sure I love 
running AJ Brown between the tackles seven or eight times the way they the Niners did with Debo Samuel. I think that's terrifying if I'm worried about his body and a guy who's already had knee injuries. But Cooper Cup had 70 catches by week nine this year. Right. That's a that's AJ Brown's career high. They they just I know it's you're absolutely right. It's baked into the Mike Vrabel identity, but if you've got another guy that you can force feed the way you force feed Derrick Henry, I think it makes your team way more dangerous. There's no reason that this team probably doesn't want to force feed AJ Brown at this point, because you see what everybody else is doing around you. And, and you have to take into account what other teams do, how other teams are successful and they all force feed their best players. Now, some players, some teams have multiple players that they force feed. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, they force feed everybody. But if you look at what the Kansas City Chiefs did versus San Francisco, it's Tyree killed Travis Kelsey. Like you, you, you win through those guys on that team by feeding them the ball. And you saw it with Cooper Cup. You've seen it with Debo Samuel. I mean, Devontae Adams, they have great success because they all you gotta force feed AJ Brown. You gotta treat him. Like he's a number one wide receiver. It doesn't mean you have to throw 40, 50 times a game, but let me say something you should never have with the game on the line and the game being close one target in the fourth quarter versus Cincinnati <laughs> inexcusable. And then you don't even have Julio Jones on the field for some that, of these big plays. Like it's wild to me what they think leads to a successful offense in crunch time. That, that's, that's, that's unexcusable on the final possession when, yeah. when they, when they get the ball with two and a half minutes to go and all they need is a field goal. And uh, like one target, TJ Brown, isn't enough on, I would throw him the ball all three times on all three downs before you punt. I, like I just, again, that I see how good he is. And the reason I say all this is because I think he's good enough to be that guy. I think he's good enough to be used like Cooper cup and Devonte Adams and all these guys we talk about Jamar chase in, in the NFL. Um, you do mention, you did mention Henry. It's not just the last two. It's actually the last four losses, uh, 12 carries for 28 yards against, uh, New England, when they lost, when they went up there, when that was still Mariota's team, 19 for 69 in the loss to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. So it is worth pointing out. And both teams, and this is why I, this is why I'm not sure Tannehill could have won that game on Sunday. And that's because we've seen when the Titans rushing attack is taken away, they, they need the next thing. They need another thing. And Stafford and Burrow were sort of able to give you some of that because, frankly, both teams did a great job against the run. Mixon had a little bit more space, but by and large, I, I, you said this to me via text message, like you're just going to get your running game stopped in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like yeah. you, you need to be prepared for that. You, you just have to, because when you look at it, there's only been seven games since two or six games since 2000. So since 2000, there's only been six games where there's been at least one 100 yard rusher. One of those games had two. So that means that there has only been seven teams since 2000 with a 100 yard rusher in the Super Bowl. Wow. That is that is crazy to think about. And when you I talked about it last just a few minutes ago, but 1.9 yards per carry last night. And you're right, the the Bengals just they they were okay. They just didn't really commit to it, but they also decided to give the ball to Samaje P Ryan on third and one and take it away from Joe Mixon. The offensive play calling last night, by the way, was some of the worst play calling decisions I've ever seen in my life in a Super Bowl. I think it was atrocious. I think both teams uh, play callers should be embarrassed. (laughs) Todd Downing is looking at that and saying, and scratching his head. Like (laughs) 
<laughs> the the idea the the Rams should have never committed to this farce that they were going to be able to run the ball and should just pass the whole game because that's what was working and attacked Eli Apple. And I'm looking at this. So since 2000, those seven teams were obviously four and three. So since 2010, there's only been three teams that have had a 100-yard rusher in the Super Bowl, and those teams are one and two. All this to say, I love Derrick Henry, but this team cannot build the offense and have the offense run through Derrick Henry if it wants to be the Super Bowl. If it's fine with winning the division and maybe getting the one seed and early exit from the playoffs, yeah, sure, build around Derrick Henry. But like we just alluded to in the last segment, you got to build through A.J. Brown. You just have to. The most expensive running back on a roster for a Super Bowl-winning team since 2009 was Percy Harvin, was the leading rusher for the Seahawks in 2013, and he was paid $2.5 million base salary. That's the most expensive leading rusher for a Super Bowl winning team. <laughs> He's not even a running back either. Right. So, I mean, you've been saying this. This is not a new thing. You've been saying this for a while. Like, it, you have to have Derrick Henry. You can run your offense through Derrick Henry. You, that can be your identity. But at some point, that's going to be taken away from you. And you have to have not just a secondary thing. You need to have a primary thing you can go to. And we, I, we both believe that A.J. Brown is that guy. I think they need to have pieces around like obviously helping Ryan Tannehill is a big is a no-brainer here but they they have to draft a tight end or acquire a tight end somehow or develop a tight end they need a slot receiver I think I'm okay with Deontay Foreman for now uh, it's not a priority this offseason they tried with Darrington Evans it hasn't really worked but they might you know they could use a different type of running back than Derrick Henry but I think that 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 he's fine for most <laughs> most most yeah. series and snaps I think Derrick Henry's going to be just fine so I, I think Moving forward, looking ahead, I, I do want to know what this organization is going to do from a skill depth standpoint, number three, number two receivers, tight ends. Like, I want to see a lot of that talk in the offseason. I look at it this way. You're not just building to have Tannehill be successful in 2022. You're building this team through AJ and around AJ because – Tannehill probably isn't going to be here for much longer. And then you're going to have a rookie quarterback and that rookie quarterback needs reliable pass catchers and weapons. I think you got to go young and explosive at tight end. I, I love a lot of the prospects. It's a deep tight end class. Perfect time to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if they even drafted two tight ends. I know that's going to drive people up the wall, but this team needs to take whatever the tight ends were last year on this, this 2021 season and just throw them on the street, like get them away from the facility, pack their bags for them and move them to like Milwaukee or something like just get them away from Nashville in general. I don't want to see any of these tight ends back. So you're going to have to revamp that whole room. And on top of that, you got to get a wide receiver three. Yeah. I think Julio Jones will be fine next year. Will he be worth the money? Probably not. But to me, I would rather see two 1000 yard receivers and Derrick Henry get, you know, 1,200 yards rushing and a Super Bowl, then have no 1,000-yard receivers and Derrick Henry get 2,000 yards and we have an early exit out of the playoffs. Well, I, I love a great deep tight end. That's yeah. a, a class of love, deep tight love, end. We need love all it. the tight ends. We just need to really penetrate this tight end class. <laughs> just, just go real deep 
and uh, find find the ball skills uh, yeah. that, that you need from from a deep tight end. Class. I need that ball. The ball handling skills for the tight ends are so important. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, Zach Lyons, of course, football and other f words. Uh, what did you guys talk about on the pod this week, my friend? Football and other f words everywhere you get your podcasts. Well, we're basically going to be diving into this, but we're also going to be talking these Super Bowl commercials and that <laughs> I think a lackluster halftime show. I, I'm wow. I am one of the few, I guess, that just wasn't that impressed with the setup. The music was great. The artist performed well, but I expect a Super Bowl crazy all right, setup. Okay. Hold your hold hold your tongue for just a second. Okay. Let me remind all the great folks. By the way, check out the F Words podcast. Let remind let me remind all the great folks, of course, before we talk about the halftime show, uh, that you should go buy your tickets to the Soup Sunday event coming up this weekend at Nissan Stadium, February 20th. It's a Sunday, a little lunchtime there. It's dozens of chefs uh, competing. Uh, to, to, to create like the greatest soup in the history of Nashville food. All of the money goes to benefit our kids, an organization that deals with child sexual abuse in Middle Tennessee. So it, tickets will sell out. So go check it out. Our Kids Soup Sunday. I'll be there. I'll got the, I got the kids and the wife. Everybody's going to be there. It's a great event, very family friendly, and all the money helps uh, the children of Middle Tennessee. So what's not to like about that? And of course, special thanks to the Kingston Group for donating their time on the, the 444 um, to help support the great cause. So go check it out. OurKidsCenter.com. That's OurKidsCenter.com. Dot com. Before we let everybody go today, you, you have some strong thoughts. Now, I, I'm not going to dive into the um, execution like of every single tiny bit of like, should this guy have done this or that's the right song. I just think it was an important halftime show as someone who thinks back on him. I'm 39 years old. I can I can like I cannot define my existence on this planet without a lot of that music. <laughs> like, right. I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that I listen to every single one of those songs every day. That's not what I'm saying. But you cannot, I cannot define myself culturally without Dr. Dre, without Eminem, without Snoop Dogg. Like we as a generation, and I know there's a lot of old folk out there that just watched that and was like, what the hell is all this crap? And I'm like, I, uh, you just don't get how important that time in music and that genre was to this country in the late eighties, early nineties in Southern California, just like the grunge era up in, up in Seattle at the same time, like it changed music forever. I, I don't know. I think it's important. I, you know, was every single song perfectly executed? Fine. I'm willing to listen to your complaints on that, but no, I, I thought the song choices, the performances individually were fine. I think the set, the, the spectacle, I, I guess I built up this, this, halftime show from a visual standpoint that it did not achieve like the spectacle of it all and everything like that it in la with these with these artists i just expected more i mean okay we're a few we're a few years removed from katie perry riding in on animatronic <laughs> tigers and nobody ever talks about that puts that halftime show up as one of the greatest and if you're going big and it's a spectacle and which the super bowl is supposed to be I think it's one of the best ones because it tigers, robot tigers. Yeah. She wrote in on yeah. them. I guess I don't care as much about that stuff, but to your point, I would have I, I wanted to see a hologram of Easy E or Tupac, especially during California Love. Like it would yeah. have been, you know, I'm surprised Ice Cube didn't show up. Cube Cube being there would have made a huge difference. The reunion, like I agree there could have been something else there because when 50 Cent made the cameo, I was like, I don't care about this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't agree, really I get the that. connection of the – I think the 50 Cent thing kind of just threw everything off. Someone said that he looked like Mike Tolbert, which is a former Carolina Panthers he, running back. <laughs> he did not He did not look like he uh, 
was in the gym. It looks like he was, in fact, in the club for yeah. too, many, too many nights. Uh, as my And my wife agreed with that, by the way. Uh, all right. Uh, make sure you check out the podcast, Football and Other F-Words, every single Tuesday from Broadway Sports Media right here on the 440 Sports Network. You, Zach Lyons, as well as Michael Gillum. So make sure you check that out. We're just trying some new stuff here on the show. Zach hanging out with us, sort of doing a more... Uh, a more traditional conversation here about the Titans. I think you're going to catch him a little bit more on this show as well. So stay tuned. Rate, review, subscribe, share the product. Zach, where can people find you? Uh, anywhere the podcasts are. But you can find me on Twitter at FWordsPod. But we're everywhere. Every Anywhere you can get a podcast. And if there is a place that you get a podcast <laughs> and we're not on it, let us know because I'll find a way to get the podcast there for you. The, the, yes, he will. There you have it. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, February 15th.